You get it? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. If you hadn't noticed, I am much, much more comfortable preaching than I am leading singing. Uh, so that, that's, <laughs> there's some preachers that are gifted with both, and I'm not one of those. So, um, But if you have your Bibles, turn with me tonight to Ecclesiastes chapter 11. And we are, I don't know if you guys are happy for this or not, but we are down to our last two sermons in Ecclesiastes. I know some of you probably didn't think we'd ever get through it, but we are making our way through Ecclesiastes. This is the next to last sermon. And tonight's sermon, and even I think next week's sermon or the week after, we won't be here next Sunday night for Memorial Weekend, but I think the week after that, the last sermon that we'll preach, I think they're aimed at a, at a very specific audience. And the audience that he's aiming at here in this passage towards the end of Ecclesiastes is aimed at young people. Uh, said so whatever age you think young is, that's it's aimed at you. Uh, so he's aiming, and you can see that as we'll read here in just a minute. Verse nine says, "Rejoice, O young man, in your youth." And he says, "Youth there again." In verse nine, and at the down to verse twelve, he says, "Remember your Creator in the days of your youth." He's aiming this at young people, and I have tried all week long to try to figure out what the Bible says is young because I want to be in that that bracket. Whatever young is, I still want to be there. Uh, so, and the Bible seems to think that. And, and I, just uh, historically, that young is anything between 25 and under. 
So I'm going to do something fun tonight. We do, we, we've kind of been real fun with Ecclesiastes. If you're here tonight and you are under 25, would you stand up? We're all going to stand in just a second. So if you're under 25, stand up. Okay, so there's, there's a, I want Sophia to stand. She's going to stand up. All right, we've got a few. Okay, so you guys are the other ones this is aimed at. And if we want to go even further, here's where I, I set the, the mark. It's 40 years and younger. So I'm going to stand on 40 years or younger. If you're here tonight and you're 40 years or younger, then you guys can stand. Anybody 40 years or younger? All right, here we go. We're doing good. All right, and here we go. We're going to go one more because I, I'm going to say that, that this is young. Anybody here tonight that is 90 years and younger, <laughs> then you guys can stand. I should put everybody here standing tonight. Uh, so look, get this. this. This is how I say it. Everybody here tonight that's standing is young. So this is aimed at, at you guys. So uh, I, I told you we're going to have a little bit of fun here tonight. So let's go ahead and we're going to read this passage. Anybody 90 years and not younger, stay, stay standing. Anybody 90 years and younger is told in this passage to live for God before it's too late. I didn't want to put a number on it. I thought we'd just do something fun tonight. Uh, but anybody here tonight that's standing, God tells you to live for him while, it's, while you can, before it's too late. Uh, so that's the title of the message, Live for God Before It's Too Late. Let me read. I'm not going to read the entire passage to you, but I want to read verses 9 uh, through uh, verse 1 of chapter 12. And he says there in verse 9, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. And let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth, and walk in the ways of thine heart, and in the sight of mine eyes. But know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Therefore remove sorrow from your heart, and put away evil from thy flesh. For childhood and youth, there's the words again, are vanity. Remember now that thy Creator in the days of thy youth, while the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them." We're going to study the next eight verses there too, but I just wanted to give you an idea as he's given us three commands here of what we need to do while we're still young or while we're still able to do it. I believe, and I'm going to pray, I believe that Solomon in his old age and he's just now, in, in, in Ecclesiastes, has just now truly repented and turned to God. And I believe he's looking back at his life and saying, I wasted it. And he's looking at anybody who's younger than him telling them, you need to live for God while you still can. Before it's too late, before we get too old. So we're going to look at this tonight, and, and, and I pray that we can all, by the end of this, just we'll want to live for God a little bit more. So let's pray together, and we'll study this passage. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for these commands that you've given us, three commands here, to rejoice, to remove, and to remember. Three things that we all need to do, no matter what age we're, we're, we're in, no matter what stage of life we're at. We all need to do these three things. So help us, God, to take these things to heart and to apply them not just tonight during the sermon, but tomorrow as we get up and we live our lives, that we would live for you while we can. And that's the message. And I know it would, would mean live for God in our young age, but we need to live while we can, while we're able. So God, teach us these things tonight, and we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You guys can be seated. All ages can be seated. You like that? I called you guys out with your ages tonight. Uh, when I, I was on a podcast uh, a few months ago, one of my friends asked me to be on his podcast. He's got a great, great podcast. He has different guests come on and he interviews them, asks them about their ministry, about their life, about their education. And he sent me a, a, a list of questions before it so I could prepare myself and be ready to answer the questions. And then at the end of it, he gave me a kind of a speed round that I was not prepared for, that I wasn't ready for. So he said, I'm just going to ask about 10 questions, one after the other, after the other, and you answer it as fast as you can, like, like that. And one one of the questions that he asked me was, what is your favorite movie? And, and it just, I didn't have to think about it. It just came off just like, I mean, just because I know what my favorite movie is. And you guys, it should be, I think, it should be your favorite movie too. If you've not watched this movie, then everybody here tonight should go home and you should find it on TV and you should watch it. It is one of the great movies of all time. It's actually said that it is the perfect movie. And I know you guys are thinking in your head, what is he talking about? He's going to say something really silly. He's not going to say Gone with the Wind or something like that. No, my favorite movie of all time is Back to the Future. And not just Back to the Future, but Back to the Future, the second one out of the trilogy. It's my favorite movie, and, and, and the story behind it, if you've not seen it, and, and I've seen it, I watched it last night, and, and it came on TV, and me and Steve were sitting there, and I said, I said, hey, my favorite movie's on TV. And we sit there, and we were watching it, and I thought, 
You know, I think this is just God's providence. He's bringing it before me so I can use it in a sermon tomorrow night. And we were sitting there watching it. And, and here's the premise of it. The movie takes an 18-year-old boy named Marty, Marty McFly. And it takes him into the future, from 1985 into 2015. It's a 30-year jump, and it takes him in, into 2015. And he gets the chance that, that none of us get to, to, to do, but he gets the chance to see his older self. To see him not as an 18-year-old boy, but as a, as a, as a 48-year-old man with a wife and with two kids and with a job and, and his own house. And he gets to go to the future and he gets to see what his life is going to be like if he stays on the same trajectory that he's on right now. So he goes into the future, he spends about, uh, I think it's about a week in the future, and it's not what he expected. He expected that he would be something, you know, famous or something great, and he goes and he sees, my life's not what I, I want it to be. It was an eye-opening experience for Marty McFly. And I, I, I think the, the point of this is, when he sees the future and what he's going to become, it gives him a new perspective on his life when he goes back into 1985. Then when he goes back to being an 18-year-old, it changes what he's going to do and the way he lives every single day. And I think that's a good thing. It gives him new direction. It gives him new goals. And I think Solomon is doing the same thing here. I think Solomon is, is way before his time. I've said this. Solomon is giving us stories that, uh, that we read in, in, in books and, and watch in movies. And he's talking about it uh, thousands of years before. Because this is exactly what Solomon is going to do for us tonight. He's going to take us into the future. Solomon puts us in a time machine. <laughs> Takes us into the future. Wants us to see what we will become. He takes me 30 years into the future, 2051, and I will be 70 years old. He says, Josh, look at yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself as an old man. Or you, look at yourself as, a, as an older woman. And see what you're going to become 30 years from now, or 20 years from now, or 10 years from now. I'm going to take you into the future. You're going to look at yourself in the mirror, and you're going to say, here's who I've become. And you have to ask yourself, is this what I want to be? And when you see yourself in the future, whether it be 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, Gracie Bell's 15 years old, whether, whether it be even 55 years as she would go to the future and see herself as an older woman, or Isaiah who's 13, take him, him into the future and, and see what he's going to be as an old man. Or the Christian in the back who's 10, take him into the future 60 years and he's an old man. He's 11 years old now. Okay, he's sitting back there. It was just two days ago. I've got five kids. It's hard for me to keep up. He's taking us all into the future, and we're going to see ourselves in the mirror when we are old. And then he's going to, at the end, bring us back, and he's going to say, now that you've seen yourself as an older person, here's how you need to live in your young days. So that, that's, that's the two points that I have. He's going to show us the reality of old age, and then he's going to show us the opportunity that we have now in our young age. Just two points, and I'm not going to trick you. No, no five sub-points here tonight. Two points, the, the reality of old age and the opportunity of young age. And when we see ourselves in old age, it ought to change the way we live in our young age. So let's look at this tonight. I want you to, again, to, to see this. We're going to start backwards, okay? So we're going to actually skip verses 9, 10, and, and, and verse 1 of chapter 12. And we're going to look at the, the second half of the passage before we look at the first half. I want to show you the old me before I show you the young me. So let, let, let's look at this. What he says there in verse 9, you, you see the youth there. He rejoice, O, o young man. There's young man. In thy youth. There it is again. In thy youth again. And then he goes into childhood and youth. There's five times he talks about, or, or six times in three verses, he's talking about young people. In your youth. And then he transitions after your youth. After you're young, what comes after you're young? Old. So he, he, he transitions there. He transitions in verse 1 and he says, While the, before the evil days come. He calls old age the evil days. What's this? He says, before your years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. When the sun and the light and the moon and the stars are, are darkened. When you start going into old age. So he's talking about when we get older, when time isn't on our side, when we are, we're not going to be forever young. There's a time when all of us are going to go into old age. To days that aren't as pleasurable as the young days. 
So he gives us here, starting in verse 3, a poetic picture of old age. This is again, this is us looking in the mirror. This is us going into the future and saying, hey, this is what I'm going to become. And it's honest and it's real and it's all, what we all have to look forward to. No matter what age you are, we're all going to, if we live, see these days. So watch this. I want to give you this poetic picture that he gives us of old age. Verse 3. Just follow with me. Maybe the best picture of old age in the entire Bible. It says, in the day when the keepers of the house shall tremble. We'll start, start there. The, the keepers of the house is the arms of the house. When, here's, here's the first thing. That your arms are, are, are what holds up the house or what guards the house. And everybody as a young man, you have strong arms and, and nobody ever skips arm day in the weight room. Everybody as a young man wants big, strong biceps and, and bulging triceps. And you have these big, strong arms as a young man. But it says here, when the keepers, that's the keepers is the arms, start to tremble. The once strong arms become Shaky arms. And the arms that used to be able to pick up anything become hands and arms that shake all the time. That's what you have to look forward to. So we're looking at ourselves in the mirror and our strong arms, the keepers of the house, are beginning to, to tremble. And then he goes on and says, the strong men shall bow themselves down. That's the legs in the back. I was talking to somebody here at the church this morning and he said, I used to be so much taller than what I am now. As I've gotten older, he said, I've lost two or three inches because he was looking at how tall Isaiah was and he's looking up to Isaiah and he's like, I used to be as tall as you are, but I got old and now I've started shrinking and my, my back has started bowing and my, my legs have started uh, uh, started going down and, and it says you're bowing themselves. So you start to start to bend over. You see a young man. I mean, Isaiah's that now. He's just standing upright and he's strong and he and he's tall and his back straight. And, and the older you get, the more you start to do this right here. That's what it says. As an old man, your arms are going to start shaking and your your back and your legs are going to start bowing over. And then it says, <laughs> your grinders start to cease because they're few. And you know what the grinders are? Your teeth. Your grinders start to cease because you don't have many at all. You go from when you're a baby and we got little baby Hallie now and Seth started feeding her food and she'll take little baby food and give it to her and, and she sits there and she's only got two little small little teeth popping out and she just sits there and, and she gums that baby food. And then when she gets teeth, she starts eating strong meat and, and, and good food. And, and then you go through life and your teeth are strong. And then you start getting older and your best friend becomes a dentist. Okay, you start losing. It says your grinders are few. You start losing your teeth. That's reality. You start getting dentures. They didn't have dentures then. They just lost their teeth. Keep going. I'm looking at myself in the mirror and my arms are shaking and my back is bowing over and my teeth are gone. It's not a pretty picture of old age, is it? Let's keep going. And those that look out the windows be darkened. You see that? The windows are dark. You know what the windows are? It's your eyes. I mean, those who once could, could read small, small lettering now has to sit and squint or get glasses, bifocals, reading glasses. Can't see. It's getting dark. Go to the, go to the eye doctor and they tell you, you need glasses. You know, I don't need glasses. And you start looking at things like this right here. I can't even see that. You start getting headaches because you're squinting all the time. What happened to me? I got old. Windows are darkened. You know what the doors are? <laughs> I mean, this, this is poetic. I, I love it. The windows are darkened. Again, the picture that we're looking at here, my arms are starting to shake. My back is starting to bow. My teeth are starting to fall out. I can't see anymore. And now it says the doors are shut. You say, what's that? I can't hear anymore. It says the doors are shut to the streets. When the sound of the grinding is low, I can't hear anything. But watch this. It's not that I can't hear anything. Well, hearing is a funny thing as you get older because it says you can't hear anything in the streets. But the sound of a bird will wake you up in the morning. Granny used to be like this. You guys all remember this. You'd be right in her face. You'd say, Granny, I love you. Huh? I love you. Huh? What'd you say? You're like, Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. 
And then you could be from here to there from her and you'd be whispering about her. Did she go to the doctor today? I heard that! (laughs) How did you hear that? That's what he's saying here. You can't hear anything in the street, but you can hear the noise of a little bitty bird. It'll wake you up in the morning because you can't sleep anymore. When you're young, that's all you want to do is sleep. It's 10, 12 hours and nobody can wake you up and you can hear all the noise in the world outside. Nothing gets a young man up. Everything gets an old man up. When you don't need sleep, that's all you do. And when you need sleep, you can't do it. That's old age. The young can sleep through anything. Now watch this. Just keep going. Verse 5, also when they shall be afraid of that which is high. (laughs) When you get old, what you used to be, nothing could scare you. You'd do anything. My boys right now, they do, nothing scares them. They, They would go and jump off a roof of a house into a swimming pool and wouldn't think twice about it. Wouldn't have a problem with it. I'm with a smile on their face. And I'm sitting there when I used to be able to do that. And I used to do it just a smile on my face and screaming at the top of my lungs. And I'm looking at it now and I'm like, you know, I might fall if I do that. I've got a family to take care of. I can't do that no more. That's a power line going across that pool. I can't do it. I mean, you start thinking about these things. And as a young man, you don't think about nothing. You just do it. And it says now as an old man, you know, you're thinking about falling all the time. You're afraid of heights. you got fears. And it says, and fear shall be in the way. You know what that means? You're scared of crowds. I don't want to be around anybody. I'm afraid of, you know, the people are just scary. It's a picture of old age. I know you guys are sitting so happy with it. This is, this is what we have to look forward to. And it keeps on going. Watch this. And the almond tree shall flourish. You say, what is that? When an almond tree flourishes, you know what it does? It turns white. It's a picture of the hair on top of your head. I used to have the darkest, beautifulest hair in the world. I'd let it grow out and it would flow, just beautiful dark hair. Steph sitting back there smiling, she knew how great my hair was. And now I have people walk up to me and say, man, you're going gray. (laughs) The almond tree has flourished is what that is. Looking in the mirror at myself at old age and I'm seeing my arms are, are shaking and my back is, is bowing and my teeth are falling out and I, my eyes are darkened and cloudy and I can't see and I, I can't hear and I, I can't sleep and, and I'm scared of heights and I'm scared of crowds and my hair is, is all gray now. This is an, and a grasshopper shall be a burden. You see that? Just follow with me on your finger. You know how a grasshopper is? And they're starting to, to be all over my yard and you go through there mowing and they're just hopping everywhere. And I, and I look at them and I say, man, that's just like my boys. That's Christian and Isaiah. They're hopping all over my house. You can't stop them. Christian's on the walls and, and they're on the ceiling. All kinds of energy. Just a big ball of energy. Got to do something. But this grasshopper here has lost his strength. And he doesn't jump like he used to. And he doesn't walk like he used to. And, he, and he's just slow. And when he gets up in the morning, he, as soon as he stands up, he does a... Grasshopper slowed down. Not nearly as fast as I used to be. Don't jump as high as I used to. I used to be able to run like a deer. Jump. Look in the mirror as an old man and that's not there. Next one. Desire shall fail. You know what that, I don't want to go into what that is. The desire shall fail. We'll say this just in a mixed crowd. That a man starts to want to use a bed for a nap and not for what he wanted to use it for as a young man. That's what it says. Doesn't have the same desires he used to have. And it says, because man goeth to his long home. That's where he's going. He's heading that direction. You're looking at yourself in the mirror and that's what you've become. And he says, at that age, verse 6, you become very, very fragile. That's so true. Verse 6, which is even a, a silver cord, and that's something very expensive, can be loosed or broken, and a golden bowl be broken. A golden, very expensive, something very valuable, or a pitcher broken at the fountain, and a wheel broken at the cistern. That, that's saying that something so, so fragile, something that's so valuable, and it can easily be broken like that. That the older you get, the more fragile you become. The quicker you are for your bones to break. 
You're barely hanging on by a thread. At this point, you begin to look forward to heaven more than you do the next day in life. And then he says, and I think, and I know I'm, just, I'm teaching this passage here. I think this is a picture of Solomon as he's writing this. I told you Solomon is at the very end of his life when he's writing Ecclesiastes. And he's done all these things. He's been the grasshopper. He's had the desires. He's had the strong arms. He's had all these things. And he's been a, a very young and, and, and strong man. And now he's looking at his life as it is, and he's saying, this is where we're all going. It's like he's standing up in front of a crowd of young people saying, look at me, this is what you're going to become. And then he says, verse 7, then shall, and here's the end, <laughs> then you die. You grow old and then you die. This is what you have to look forward to, young people. Those here tonight who are under 25, this is what you have to look forward to. Your arms are going to not be as strong as they used to be. And you're, let's just go through it again. And your back is going to start to bow. Your teeth are going to start to fall out. Your eyes are going to be darkened and you can't see like you used to. Your ears won't be able to hear. You won't be able to sleep. You, you, you'll be up early in the morning before anybody else gets up. And you really don't know why. You're afraid of heights. You're afraid of crowds. Your hair is going to be white. You're going to be like a grasshopper just barely getting around. You're going to be uh, not working anymore. You're going to be uh, so fragile that it's like a string that's holding on to something that it could snap at any time. I mean, that's what you got to look forward to. And then you die. Look, it says in verse 7, Then shall the dust return to the earth as it was, and the Spirit shall return unto God who gave it. He's talking about a funeral there. You're going to be buried. Your body will go into the ground. Your spirit will go to be with God. You're going to get old and you're going to die. Good news sermon tonight, right? This is what you have to look forward to. He's taking us into the future and saying, this is you. There's going to be an obituary and it's going to be yours. And he says, and it's going to be here before you know it. I was just 20, like yesterday. I mean, that's, that's I, 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 in my mind, I'm still that 20-year-old Josh. And now I look in the mirror and, and where did the time go? Look what he says in verse 8. He uses the same word three times. Vanity of vanity, saith the preacher, all is vanity. And that word, we've, we've, we've said it throughout this study, that that word means fleeting, fleeting. Saith the preacher, all is fleeting. Which means it's going very, very fast. That you will think you're 25 here today, but before you know, you'll be 75. And it'll be like that right there. It's passing by so fast. This will be the reality for young people very, very soon. I look at Gracie Bell. I was your age, it seems like just the other day. Jumping off the roof of a cookie's house into a swimming pool. I was just there. And here I am now at 40. And before you know it, I'll be 70. Looking back saying, where did the time go? And some of you are here tonight, and I don't, I don't want to call any of you out. I'm not going to. I'm not even going to look at you. You're already there. <laughs> not looking at anybody. Somebody's going to say, Josh is looking at me. I might as well turn around and look the other way. But you're, you're there now, and you're saying, Josh is exactly right. I was young just the other day. I had the strong arms. I had, I had the, the back that was straight. And I had all my teeth were, were my own. I could see and I could hear and I could sleep and I could work. And I, I had hair that was my natural color. What happened? Here I am today and it passed just like that. I could ask you, how fast did it go? How fast did it go? Seems like life gets faster as your kids, as you have kids. It just goes like that. When you see yourself in the mirror and it's I'm 60 or 70 years old, this is the reality he wants us to face here. This is him taking us into the future and seeing what we're going to become to see ourselves at the end of our lives. And he did this not to depress us, but to tell us you've got time left to do something with it. And that's our second point, and, and I'll close. That was the reality, and I know that was a sobering reality. You guys are sitting there thinking, wow, I don't like that at all. But he showed us the end so he can tell us what to do now. Here's the opportunity of young age. Back to verse 9 of chapter 11, he gives us three commands, and he's saying, do this right now while you can. 
Before you get to old age, before you get to where you can't do it, do it right now while you can. And he gives us three things to do and we'll go. Three things that I think anybody under 25 here tonight should write down. And this is a command from God. Do these things while you can. And if you're here today and you're under 40, do these things. If you're here tonight and you're under 90, do these things while you can. Number one, and, and Solomon gave me a perfect outline. Rejoice, remove, remember. Rejoice, remove, remember. He gives us three things to do, and, and I'll close. I guess I did do three subpoints, didn't I? Rejoice, remove, remember. Rejoice, number one. He says it in verse eight. Uh, he says in verse eight to rejoice. If, but if any man live many years, rejoice in them all. So he says there's going to be a lot of dark days. Your old age is coming when it's going to be sad and it's going to be hard. So have fun now. That's what he's saying. Rejoice right now. These things are coming and they're coming quickly. So enjoy your young age. And this is almost like something that I would never tell my kids, but I want to, I want to show you what he says. Rejoice, oh young man, in your, in your young days and do whatever your heart says. Let your heart cheer thee. In the days of your youth and walk in the ways of your heart. Just follow your heart. Do whatever you want to do. And in the sight of your eyes, follow the impulses of your heart, the longings of your eyes. God's saying that here. Enjoy your life while you can. God's not a cosmic killjoy wanting us to be miserable. God has given us a beautiful world in which He's told us to enjoy it. And He's telling you, as you're young... Enjoy it while you can. Get this. While you have strong arms, use them. That's what he's saying. While you can lift things, lift things. And I can go on. While you have uh, legs that still work and, you, and you're like a grasshopper hopping around, use them. Run. Walk. Hike. Go places you can't go when you get older. Enjoy it right now while you can. I love that. While you have all your teeth, <laughs> eat a steak. I mean, that's, that's what he, I mean, he's saying. That enjoy it. God's given you these things to enjoy, and there's coming a day when you can't enjoy it. So enjoy it right now while you can. Amen. I love that. Stay up late. Get up early. Jump off a roof into a pool. Ride a bike through the middle of the road in downtown pound at midnight. Well, you can. You say, Josh, are these things you've done? I'm not, I'm not admitting anything. Do it while you can. Enjoy it while you have it. While you have ears to hear, listen to things. Listen to the birds. Listen to singing. While you have the ears. While you have dark hair, let it grow out. <laughs> While you have hair, enjoy it. Have a blast before it's past. You can, you can quote me on that. Amen. I'm telling my kids that. While you're young, enjoy it. Do not, and you need to grab this, do not waste your young years miserable. Amen. That's what he's saying. Enjoy it, young man, in your youth. And you say, well, okay, let's go do it. Let's sow our wild oats. Let's go off to college and, and go nuts. Let's do like the, the Amish do. I, I saw a thing about the Amish the other day. At 16, they send out all their kids, and they call it Rumspringa. Never heard of it before. I had to look it up. I don't even know if, it, if I'm saying that right. Rumspringa. They're not under their parents. They're not under their church. And they say, just go and do whatever you want to do. And if you want to stay out there, stay out there. But if you want to come back, come back. Just sow your wild oats and go use technology and do whatever you want. But we hope you come back and live like us. So they go out and they do whatever they want. We do that. We send our kids off to college and we say, follow your heart. Do whatever your eyes want to do and just live it up. But God gives us a little, don't, don't miss this. Watch this. Look what he says. But while you're doing that, he says, but know this, that for all these things, God will bring you to judgment. It's almost like my mom saying, all right, Josh, you can go out and have fun with your friends tonight, but don't you forget that God sees everything. Mommy can't see you tonight. Daddy can't see you tonight, but God sees everything you do. 
That's what he's saying. Go enjoy it. Go have a, have a good time and enjoy your life and, and enjoy creation and enjoy music and enjoy food and enjoy people and enjoy just all these things that God has given you. But don't you forget that God will judge the things that you do that you shouldn't do. That's good. It makes us think twice, don't it? That'll make you, and kids need to hear this, make you be a little bit more careful. Make you have some guardrails in your life where you have the front of the Bible and the back of the Bible keeping you in the straight and narrow path. Amen. You can enjoy your life and not go off the guardrails. So again, don't waste your life being miserable. Rejoice. There's going to come a time when it won't be as happy as it is now. So rejoice in what you have now. And again, I'm right smack dab in the middle of all that. I'm not the young man. I'm not the old man. I'm sitting here in the middle. This is my midlife crisis sermon series. And I'm sitting here saying, I've, got, I've still got, I, I don't have everything. I'm, I'm, not as, I'm not what I used to be, but I'm not what I'm going to be. So here I am at 40 sitting here thinking, I, I need to be able to, to still live and enjoy the time that God's given me. I've still got a little bit of dark hair. I want to enjoy it. I've still got a little bit of strength and, and, and ability and I, I need to go out and do it. I need to, I need to, to not sit back and, and watch television all the time and waste my life away. I need to enjoy the time that I have while I have it. Amen. And we all need to do that. Whatever stage you're in, you can be young, enjoy it. You can be old, enjoy it while you can. Maybe you're old and you still have your arms and you still have a strong legs and you can still do some things. Do it and enjoy it. Maybe you're smack dab in the middle and you make 40 look good. <laughs> Enjoy it. Number two, he says, first he says rejoice. Second, he says remove. And I like this. Remove. There's some things you need to get rid of in your life at a young age. You see that in verse 10? Therefore, remove. Turn from, depart from. And it actually means get rid of some things. Like throwing trash. Isaiah is the best trash thrower I've ever seen. I'll take trash. Maybe it's me in my mid-age. I'll take trash and just put it in the dump. Isaiah gets it and he wants to trash can over there. Dad, you give me $5 if I can make it. And he just throws it. That's kind of what he's saying. You need to remove. You need to, to get rid of and throw these things out of your life at a young age. Look what he says. What is it? To sorrow. Don't waste your life being sad. But the word here isn't, isn't so much sad as it is grieved. This word is almost always, and I looked it up, I think the word, used, the word sorrow is used 21 times in the Old Testament. And it's always used as someone or something that causes you grief. You say, what's that? Somebody who upsets you. Somebody who frustrates you. Somebody who drains you dry. Somebody that brings you down. Somebody that discourages you. Somebody that's just miserable to be around. And he's saying here, does anybody who brings you that kind of grief and that kind of sorrow and that kind of bitterness, you need to get them out of your life because they're just dragging you down. Do it now while you're young and don't carry them along into old age. There's some people like that. Maybe you know them. You've been dragging them down around for years and all they're doing is dragging you down. And it's not, not just people. It could be things that are dragging you down and causing you sorrow in your life. And if you don't get out of that habit in your young days, it'll carry with you into your old age and you can't get rid of it. That habit becomes something you can't break. Whatever it is here that's causing you sorrow, that's causing you heartbreak, and causing you grief, you need to get rid of it now. Remove it now before you get into your old age and you're just too old and grumpy to get rid of it anymore. And then he says evil. And this word evil is, 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 he says, and put away evil from the flesh. For childhood and youth are, are passing. The word evil here it could, it, could, it could be sin. Get rid of sin in your life now. And that's a good one because the, the sin and the decisions we make now sometimes are irreversible and, and will cause our future great harm. But it also can mean injury. That you cause yourself harm in, in young, young age and it, it hurts you in the old age. He says, put it away. Sin, you'll regret 
and sin that will ruin your life. How many people have you seen that in the young age they do some things that causes themselves harm that has destroyed them in the old age? He says, don't do that. Maybe, maybe Solomon's sitting up there telling them stories about things that he's done that ruined his life. And he's saying, put that away, guys. We could say in here today, put away the drugs. Put, put away all those things that, that are just, it's destroying your life. Look at what it's doing to you. And if you don't do something about it now, you're not going to be able to do anything about it when you're old. Put it away now. Remove some things from your life. Remove maybe Hebrews 12, the weights that, that weigh you down, that are, uh, that are hindering your running for Christ. Get rid of those things that are, that are holding you back. He's saying the old age is going to be full of pain and sadness. You, you ain't got no time for that right now. Amen. Don't waste your youth with frustration and bitterness, sin and sorrow. And lastly, and I'll close, remember, verse 9, rejoice. Verse 10, remove. And I want you to see that I'm not making this up. He says, rejoice, young man, in your youth. And he says in verse 10, remove for childhood and youth are passing. So we're rejoicing and we're removing and then we're remembering some things. And all this before I get old. Remember, he says, now, right now, do it today. And whatever age you're at, whether you be an 11-year-old boy in the back or a 13-year-old over here or a 15-year-old over here or whatever it is, whatever age you're at, right now, remember your Creator. Amen. I love that. Pay attention to, which is don't forget God when you're young. That may be the, the wisest advice anybody could give a young kid. Because in your young age, you're most apt to forget God. He says, remember God. And it's not just God. He says, remember your Creator. Not just remember there is a God. You need to do that. But you need to remember that there is a God who created you. There's a God who, and I love this, there's a lot of people wasting their youth, wasting the prime of their life, wasting their best years, their strongest years, their most energetic years on silly things and not on God. God has given us, and this is so good, Solomon knows it. I think he knows that he wasted the majority of his life and now he's old and he's just now in Ecclesiastes giving his life to God and he's saying, I'm old, I'm feeble, I'm not strong, I don't have the mind I used to have, I can't hear, I can't see, I have no teeth, and I'm giving this wasted old life to God now. And I forgot about him in all those strong years. Young people, don't you do what I did. Give your best years. Give your strong years. Give your years with the most energy. Give God the best of your life, not the end of your life. Remember Him now. Boy, if I could tell my kids that. Remember Him now. You have all the energy in the world. Use it for God. Your arms are strong. Use it to carry things for God. Your back is straight. Run your race for God. You can see things. And I've told people that. I want to give my best years to God. I don't want to slow down. I'll give Him everything I have while I have it. And you kids here tonight, you do that. God deserves your best years. Don't give it to your youth to silly things. Well, I'm going to do this and then I'll give, give it to the rest to God. Yeah, after your body's broken down? I'm giving God a feeble body? I'm going to give Him my strong body. Prime of their life, the best years, on silly things. But Solomon here is saying, in old age, remember your Creator now. And he says that, remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. And, and, and then we're back to the, where we were before the evil days come. Before the years draw nigh. When you'll say, I have no pleasure in them. And he's saying that in the old age, there won't be near as many pleasures as there are in your young age. So right now, while you can, remember God. Amen. And when he says, remember your Creator, he says, remember the one who designed you. Don't you forget the one who designed you. The one who specifically, perfectly, and purposefully designed you. Don't you dare forget that. God did this. 
Don't forget that God has designed you with a specific purpose in life. And in your young age, you need to find what that purpose is. Don't wait till later on. Don't forget to be dependent on him. When you're young, I get it. When you're young, you're so strong. You're so independent. You don't think you need to, to rely on anybody or anything. You think anybody older than you is just dumb and don't understand. But he's saying right here, remember your creator and be dependent on him right now, even when you're young. And delight in him. Find your identity and your joy in your creator. And do it now before you can't. And before it's too late. Rejoice in him. Remember him. Remove things from your life. That's going to hinder you in the days ahead. This, this is good. Before you get, before it's too late. Because there's a great many people who wait and wait and wait. And end up living for God when it's too late. The tragedy of youth is wasted, not living for God. And the tragedy of old age is you give God your life and it looks like this picture. Arms that shake, back that's bowed, teeth that's fallen out, eyes that can't see, ears that can't hear, can't sleep, afraid of falling down, afraid of people in crowds, hairs turning white, you creak around like a broken grasshopper. That's what you're giving God. And he says, don't do that. Don't do that. Give, give God your best. Give God your best days in your young days. And I'm going to close here. I started with Back to the Future. <laughs> it's my favorite movie. I knew that. I thought, oh, I know it's silly. But I may never get a chance to use Back to the Future illustration in a sermon ever again, so I'm going to go for it. I'm young, and I'm going to do it. When I'm old, I might not like Back to the Future, so I'm going to do it right now. I'm taking the advice of Solomon here. But at the end of Back to the Future 3, when all the trilogy is over, and one of the last lines of the movie, Marty is talking to Doc Brown, which is, uh, for me, I, I think he's just like Solomon, a wise old man. And he looks at Doc, Doc Brown looks at Marty, and he says, Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. And I think that's some of the best advice I can give you tonight. That picture that I just painted for you, that doesn't have to be you. You'll get older. But don't, don't get older and say, I've wasted my life. Your future is whatever you make it. So make it a good one. So here we are, some older, some younger. All of us are young, I think, by comparison. But I've got to ask this question. What will you do whether you are 11 years old, 13 years old, 15 years old, 20 years old, 23 year old, 40 year old, 60 year old, 70 year old, wherever you are, you still got life to live. And the question is, what will you do with the rest of the life God's given you? And I, I think that we ought to rejoice in the life God's given us. We ought to remove the things that, that are holding us back. And we ought to remember our, our God, our Creator. Do that with your days. And when you grow old, you won't grow bitter. You'll grow better. And if you're here tonight, and, I, and there may be somebody here tonight who's never given their life to Christ, I, I tell people all this, this all the time. Do it when you're young. Do it before you've got all kinds of things that you've got to look back on and say, I wish I'd never done that. I love that I've got my kids that have made professions of faith at a young age and they don't have all that long list of sins that, that others have had. They may not have the greatest testimony, but I think the best testimony you can ever have is that God saved me before I even got into sin. Amen. Amen. So give your life to Christ now and live your life for Christ from this day for the rest of your life. And I guarantee you, you won't waste it. I want to read a story and I'll close. There was a funeral procession in, in London, and a stranger stood by beside a very poorly dressed bum. He was nasty, dirty, stinky, smelled of alcohol. And the bum removes his hat as the procession passes by, and he puts his head down and he says, Hey, 
You were right, Davy. You were right. The stranger turned to him and said, What would you say that for? And he said, This is the funeral procession of the great missionary David Livingstone. We were born in the same town. We went to the same Sunday school. And on one particular Sunday, he bowed his knee to the Lord Jesus Christ, and I didn't. And that's why today I say, you were right, Davy. You were right. So you see here in this story one man who wasted his life. And another man who gave his life to Christ at a very young age and lived for him and became one of the most remarkable missionaries the world has ever seen. And he did it in his young age, in his best age. So which one will you be? The one who's bowed his knee and lived for Christ all the way up to his dying day? Or the old man, bum, looking around saying, I wish I would have. I wish I would have. I wish I would have. Whatever it is, whatever you want to do, it starts today. God has given you breath in your lungs, strength in your body. We don't know how long we have. It could be a day. It could be a week. It could be a month. It could be a year. It could be a decade. It could be 30 more years, and I'll be 70 years old, and I'll be standing up here with less hair, grayer hair. Hopefully, I'll probably have some dentures by then. Maybe a little bit weaker. Maybe a little bit more shaky. I won't be jumping off this thing. I'll be somebody will have to hold my hand as I get down. You'll go there too. But at that point, I hope I can say, I've given my best to God. And I hope you can say that too at whatever point that is for you. Live for God before it's too late. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a different passage. Um, I like these. Um, something different as we stand up here and, and teach, but it's something very valuable and practical. And I pray that especially the young people here tonight would, would take this to heart, that they'd commit tonight to say, I want to live for Christ. I want to start tonight, and I want to give him my best while I can. And God, as we go up in age in, in this room, I pray that we would all be saying tonight, with the years that I have left, let me live it for Christ. This life is passing by so very quickly. I see it pass before my eyes almost weekly. Amazed, amazed at how fast it's going. So God, give me the strength and the energy and the ability to live for you every day the best that I can. And I pray that for everybody in our church. For as long as we have, help us to live for you. And we ask and pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.